0: Well, amen. That is exactly what we want to do today is to pray for our nation. And uh, I jumped the gun just a little bit there, didn't I, Ryan? Jump the gun. But I'm so glad to see each of you today. If you're glad you're here, say, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, that sounds so good. If you're a guest uh, for the first, second, or even the third time, and you've never filled out one of our connection cards, it looks just like this, and you'll find one there in the pew rack, and I'm going to ask you to do me a great big favor. Take it out, fill it out during the service, and then after the service, I'm just going to kind of mingle right here. I would love to meet you, greet you, and just be able to say thank you for being a part of our service today. So, as I do almost every single Sunday, you know what's getting ready to happen, right? That's exactly right, Miss Lois. That is exactly right. I want you to put on the best smile you got. Practice right now. Practice. This is terrible. All right? There you go. Now, that's much better. Now, you take that smile, share it with at least three or four people, and let them know you're glad to see them today at Poplar Springs. Would you do that? Stand up, move around, shake a hand, hug a neck. All right? Do that. Good morning Miss Claudia, you I still are got we my here? mic on. <laughs>
1: Glad to see you. Well, good morning to you. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord today. I look across and I see so many patriotic uh, people, so many patriotic colors. I'm looking at the Bridwell family back here. And by the way, Barry's just like him. I don't know if you can see him. I'll try to shine a light on him. He's got a tie, flying tie in the breeze and Jim Clark back there with that. uh, That's, raise your hand, Jim, in case somebody doesn't know you, they can see your shirt. We don't know whether we need to run him up a flagpole or salute him, but <laughs> nonetheless, we're here to, to uh, honor our country today and to praise the Lord, and so let's begin by, uh, let's say of the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and we'll sing our national anthem together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
2: Oh,
3: say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. O'er the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket Stars
2: they not
1: All I know, I would love to see it. <laughs> Let me sing the first part of this song and you join me.
3: Songs of redemption, stories of hope, heaven awakened inside my soul. Sing with me. In Christ alone, my Son in
2: the darkest
3: night. see sí. to rescue me from
1: father we come to you today in the name of the father and of the son the holy god who saves us redeems us and keeps us and who has divinely appointed that in this moment in time would be right here so lord thank you for meeting with us and i pray that you will continue not just to meet but to speak in life-changing power through your word and your pastor today and lord as we give back to you i pray that You will take these tithes and offerings and use them as you see fit so that others may know Jesus. In whose name we pray, amen.
4: Of liberty, of the I see. From every mountain top, let freedom ring. From sea to shining.
0: right now for miss linda okay father we come before you and lord when moments like this happen it scares us and we're not exactly sure what to do and so god we just ask that you be with linda we ask that you just touch her we pray for those that are going to minister to her and uh, lord we trust you for good things and we ask this in jesus name and all god's people said Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today, and uh, I want us to continue to remember Linda, and uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened. If She just passed out coming down, but um, I'm thankful that we've got folks that responded quickly and that are going to minister to her. If you have a copy of God's Word, I want you to look with me in two different places, okay? You usually don't do this, but, but I want you to look in two different places. So I want you to find Psalms 85, and you can put a piece of candy there or your your little ribbon in your Bible there you can put your bulletin there we're going to end today looking at Psalm 85 all right it's going to guide us because we're definitely going to spend some time praying for our nation today and so that's how we're going to end the service we're going to we're going to look at Psalm 85 we're going to let that be our guide Many of you have been participating on Wednesday evenings in the Life Change University and you've been a part of the prayer class that I was privileged to lead in and we've learned how to pray scripture and in particular we've learned how to pray the Psalms. And so we're going to put into practice at the end of the service today what we've been learning, and then we're going to invite everybody else to join in, all right? And so in the fall semester, we're going to teach that class again, and I would love to see you uh, participate in that. We had a wonderful time. Now, so, so Psalm 85 is where we're going to end, but for a few moments today, I want to look at 1 Kings chapter 14, okay? 1 Kings chapter 14. Again, it's so good to see each of you today and always glad that everyone is here. And, but especially today, we've got a guest today that I'm really, really just thankful to the Lord's here today. Uh, we've got a dear friend named Vicki Hester, and she's sitting over here. I mean, I don't want to like embarrass her, but she's sitting right over there, all right? And um, when, when you think about relational discipleship, uh, whether they knew it or not, that's exactly what she and her husband did for us. So Wayne and Vicky, we probably spent almost every Sunday night of our life for a little over four years at their house. And we just did life together. And that relationship has carried on all these years. That, that started in 1983. Can you believe that? And so I'm so glad that you are here today and uh, just uh, we still have your tea pitcher, by the way. She makes the best tea on the planet. That's where my wife learned to make tea. That's why my wife uses three and a half cups of sugar per gallon of tea, all right? <laughs> That's the reason right there. So if we ever run out of pancake syrup, not a problem. As long as we got tea, we're good, all right? We, we are good. All the neighborhood kids love coming to our house. Parents did not like us, but the kids loved us. And um, so 1 Kings chapter 14, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word. And as you're standing, let me say this. Many of you are going to hear a song over the next several days and probably on July the 4th. It was written by Irving Berlin. He actually wrote the song in 1918. He served in the United States Army army and he put that song in a trunk and it stayed in a trunk for 20 years and in 1938 Kate Smith and her group of people contacted Irving Berlin and said we need a song and we need a a song of peace you know we're in a we're in in a place of peace right now in our nation we need a song of peace and he he thought about this little bitty song that he had written called God Bless America And so he spent a little time, changed a few words, especially one line. He changed one line into it, sent her into her people. She began to rehearse. A few weeks later, she sang it at the end of her radio show, and that became her theme song for basically the rest of her life, was to sing God Bless America. I think we're living in a day when somebody needs to write another song, and the name of that song needs to be God Bless America again. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but we are, we are living in a day where we need a move of God in our nation like we've never needed it before. Do you ever just wake up some mornings and watch the news and think, God, what has happened to us? And Lord, where in the world is this going? A nation that sometimes we brag about that we were founded on the truth of Scripture and Judeo-Christian ethic. But I'm afraid we are moving further and further away from truth. And So sometimes even when I think about July the 4th, and I do want to celebrate it, I, I am so thankful for our nation and I am thankful for our freedoms that we have But I would be less than honest with you if I didn't tell you sometimes it becomes a little more difficult to celebrate when I see our nation just disintegrating from within. And so today my heart is a little heavy, and I think this passage is a great passage for us to learn something from today. And so let's read it, and then let's pray, and then let's spend some time in the Word together matter of fact hold your bible up and say this with me this is the bible it's god's holy infallible inerrant perfect life-giving life-changing word now rehoboam the son of solomon reigned in judah rehoboam was 41 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 17 years in jerusalem the city that the lord had chosen out of all the tribes of israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Namah, the Amorite. And Judah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, that they had committed more than all that their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places and pillars and ashram on every hill and under every green tree. And and they were under every green tree. And there were also male cult prostitutes in the land. And they did according to all the abominations of the nations that the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away all the shields of gold that Solomon had made. And King Rehoboam made in their place shields of bronze and committed them to the hands of the officers of the guard who kept the door of the king's house. And as often as the king went into the house of the Lord, the guard carried them and brought them back to the guard room. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did are not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah. And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually, and Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. His mother's name was Namar the Amorite, and Abijam, his son, reigned in his place. Lord God, today, I thank you for the gathering that we've had today. To be able to come together to sing praises to you. Lord, to to even take time today to celebrate, Lord, just that our nation's getting ready to have another birthday. And Lord, we are thankful that we do have the freedoms and the liberties that we do have here in the U.S. God, we're grateful for that, and we recognize, God, that none of those freedoms were just uh, simply given to us. Lord, there, there are many who paid a high price in order that we could be a nation that is founded upon Scripture and a nation, that God, that has principles and values. But, Lord, it does burden our heart that we see many of those things beginning to decay. And God, we don't want to be like any other nation, Lord, that can reach a height but then collapse. And so, Jesus, I pray today that that you would just take your word, this Old Testament passage, and God, may it be a reality check for us today. And Lord, I pray that you would show us that there really is hope. And that the hope that we can trust in and believe in today is only a hope that you can provide. And so, Lord, we pray that you would speak. And God, as you speak, I pray that we would obey. And God, as we obey, Lord, we will trust you to do whatever you desire to do. And ultimately, Lord, we are praying today that you would revive us God, that you would revive your church, that God, you would revive this nation, and we ask it today in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This passage in 1 Kings chapter 14 um, is something that I think is written very clearly for us in our day today. The nation of Judah, part of the southern kingdom of Israel, was a very powerful nation. They had a lot of might. They had a strong military. They were strong and they were mighty. But inside this passage, we understand how this nation began to collapse. And so I've made five points out of this passage today, and I pray that you would listen carefully to each one and think about your own heart. I want you to think about us as a church. I want you to think about each of these statements in light of us as a nation. Look at verse 22. Let's just begin there. Verse 22. The Bible says, and Judah did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins that they had committed. The first point I want you to see this morning is this, a nation falls when it no longer fears God. Let me say that again. A nation falls when it does not fear God. Judah had grown very insensitive to the things of the Lord. In our day, we would use terms like agnostic or atheistic. They no longer believed in the principles of the Old Testament. They no longer were, were trusting God and looking to Him for leadership and for guidance. They, they, they just they, they lived as though that God were dead, that He were not real. And they were able to do whatever they pleased according to this passage there was no restraint there was no fear of judgment and ladies and gentlemen I would submit to you today that that is a proof that they had forgotten God they had forgotten his truth they lived as though God did not exist I would also submit to you that that is a very foolish way to live. As a matter of fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 14, 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I'm afraid when I watch the news and read the the news uh, clippings of our day and Watch what's going on in America. It seems to be that we are living in such a way here that we do not seem to believe in God. We live in such a way that we think we can do whatever we please, and there's not going to be any judgment. A few weeks ago, my son, Sean, he was preparing for a youth camp that he was speaking at just not too far from here, a Wanata Valley. And his, he had been given an assignment. He was to, to preach about God's wrath, but yet God's mercy. And, and I, I pinned these things down because, I, one, I couldn't believe it. Here's my 22-year-old son asking me some powerful questions, and, and here's what they were. He said, Dad, do you think that God is already judging America? Dad, do you you think that we are already experiencing his wrath for the way in which we are living? Those are two pretty powerful questions from a 22-year-old, right? And he's just as redneck as redneck can be too. There are many who do believe that what we are experiencing today in our own nation, that we are beginning to reap what we have sown. You do understand the decisions that we make today are the realities that we will live with tomorrow. There are things that have happened in our nation's past that we are just, listen, the root of the situation began years ago, but now we are beginning to have to taste the bitter fruit of a bitter root that was sown years ago. And I'm afraid that what we are experiencing could be the collapse of our nation. At the same time, I do believe that we're still living in the day of grace. Aren't you glad for God's grace? One preacher said it this way, and I quote, we are living in the passionate pause that precedes a pronouncement of penalty. So I thank God for grace. The question today is this, is there hope? Well, I know this, according to this text, a nation that does not fear God is a nation that is collapsing. Look at verse 23. Verse 23, very interesting verse. For they also built for themselves high places and pillars and ashram on every hill and under every green tree. Point number two, a nation falls when it forsakes the true worship of God. See, Ken, what is going on in verse 23? It's idol worship. Ashram was this this goddess that they would worship. She's supposed to be some fertility god, and and they they would make these wooden idols, and they would have these groves of trees, almost like a park, and they would go, and they would worship there this false god. Idol worship. Do you know that people who forget God are still going to worship something? They're still going to give allegiance to something. They have a God. It's a God that they've built for themselves. It may not be a wooden idol, but it's an idol nonetheless. We live in a day where we talk about New Age movement. New Age movement is not new age at all. The thing that we call New Age movement has been going on for years and years and years, and it teaches that man himself is his only God. And from that, you can just do whatever you want to do because there's no consequences. A nation who forsakes the true worship of God is on the precipice of collapse. My wife loves to watch American Idol. I mean, you know, bless her. And I watch it every now and then. She loves to watch American Idol. I think Americans have idols. Can Can I share a few with you? I think in America we have the idol of consumerism. We have this desire to acquire. And we just want more. I think that's why the show Hoarders, now I know you you may not have a house that's full of stuff that you can't walk through, but I'm afraid that many of us in this room today, we're probably guilty of the idol of consumerism. We just want stuff because it makes us feel good. What about the idol of instant gratification? What about the idol of sensuality? And I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. But we are living in a day where that stuff is absolutely rampant. It's outside the boundaries of what God has created. What about the idol of comfort? What about the idol of complacency? What about the idol of lazy boy life? That we can get something for nothing. What about the idol of money? What about the idol of individualism? It's all about me. It's all about mine. And that one, my friend, has definitely crept inside the church. Sad, but true. When people look for a church, they say things like this. I'm looking for a church that will meet our needs. And so they'll join a church because they think it meets our needs. And when that church no longer meets their needs, they're going to go find another church. Why? Because they want their needs met. It's interesting to me, and I hope if you're a guest today, I'm not picking on you. If you're looking for a church, I promise I'm not picking on you. But, but I'm going to tell you, this is, this, is, this, is the, this is where we are, even in the church. You, we, we have all kinds of questions. Do you have a children's ministry? Do you offer a youth ministry? Do you have choir? Do you still have a choir? Do you have a praise team? Do you have, we're looking for We're looking for this. We're looking for that. We're looking for this. Those are the kind of questions that we get asked all the time. You know what that is? Consumerism. You want church the way you want church to be. When is the last time anybody said, hey, are you a church that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ? When's the last time anybody has asked us, hey, I'm looking for a church where I can find Jesus. I am looking for a church where I can be discipled as a follower of Jesus. Jesus. Will you disciple me biblically if I get out of line? Anybody feeling uncomfortable? We should. When's the last time you said I just love being a part of Popper Springs? Not just because we said a pledge of allegiance. On July 4th, Sunday, but you love this body because this body has helped you grow spiritually. These things can be hard to recognize. And sometimes even more difficult to correct and change. I promise you this, there are other idols. I could go into humanism. I could go into choice. That's a that's a key word for today, isn't it? Choice. A nation is collapsing when it fails to worship the true and living God. Number three, look at verse 24. And there were also male cult prostitutes in the land. They did according to all the abominations. And I don't even really have to, do I have to unpack that one for you? That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? There are some things going on. A nation falls when it embraces immorality. What's happening in this verse really doesn't take a lot of imagination. It is perversion. Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that we are living in the most sexually perverted time in our nation? We are bombarded on every side. It seems like every commercial, every billboard, every magazine, on the internet, TV. And the sad thing is that we are getting used to the darkness. We are no longer blushing at what we used to blush at. James Dobson once made this statement, and I quote, Sometimes I think that we are so blind to evil that we wouldn't recognize immorality if it were an elephant coming through the front door of the church. Somebody in the church would say, why, it's just a mouse with a a gland problem. And everybody would believe it. The words of our day are the words like this, preference. Preference identification, inclusion. You can call it whatever you want to call it but I'm going to call it what God calls it and God calls it sin. Sin. This was not the first time that Judah had experienced God dealing with them in such a way. They'd been there before you would think that they would know better. You would think that they would stand against it, but instead they embraced it. I fear that is something that's happening in the church in America today. We no longer oppose sin. We embrace it. We coddle it. We justify it because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, my goal is not to, to be holier than thou. My goal is not to embarrass somebody. My goal in life is not to think that we are better just because we are followers of Jesus. But it does not mean that we cannot preach truth live truth and call sin sin we're gonna do we're gonna embrace it we're just gonna go along with the tide of our day it's not hard to grow a church I could listen we could have a lot more people in attendance right now if I change a few things number one I will never wear skinny jeans (laughs) so just mark that one off all right not happening oh but i could i could i could pretend and i could play a little bit and we could have a we, we, we could have a pet day i know i'm going too far pat's done calling me down pat's calling me down preacher's wife is calling the preacher down i'm by, i'm just telling you mm. I'd rather the church run 50 people who believe in truth than 5,000 who would embrace anything and everything in our day. I'm 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 not interested in growing a crowd. I want to join Jesus as he builds his church. That's what we want to be a part of. But it also means that we got to play by God's guidelines. And anything outside of God's guidelines, God calls sin. So last Sunday, I said, I said something about, about gender, and there's only two genders, male and female, and all that other stuff, and identification, all that kind of stuff. I, listen, I know where we are in our nation. I'm surprised I didn't get any email, but I didn't. I probably still will at some point. But I'm okay with that. And many of you, you amen that so hard. But let me say this, let me just, but listen, there's, there's the other side of that quarter. Any sex outside of marriage is sin. So just because you would say amen, we don't believe in homosexuality or anything like that, by the way, adultery is still sin, fornication is still sin. I didn't get as many amens on that one, did I? You know why? Because some of you have embraced it. You think it's okay. And so, what? That's why you sit in the dark and you mess with pornography and all that kind of stuff because you're a red blooded American and all that garbage? If it's anything outside of God's boundary, it is still sin, even though you may be heterosexual. Okay, just making sure we're on the same page. A nation falls when it embraces immorality. Verse 25, 26, very quickly. There's so much in this text. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, he was like a, a, a pharaoh, okay? King of Egypt came up against Jerusalem and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. So, Kim, what does that mean? That means that he took the sanctified objects in the temple that Solomon had placed in the temple. And one for sure that was identified in the text were these shields made of gold. And so he took those sanctified objects. And here's what's amazing. The text says that nobody opposed it. None of the guards tried to stop them. None of the religious people tried to stop Shishak and his army. No king, no people of God. They turned their backs. They just let that army do whatever they wanted to do. Here's point number four. A nation begins to collapse when it loses its values. When we don't have any values, I'm telling you, we are in a bad place. And to make matters worse, here's what Rehoboam did. He said, you know what, they come in and they stole the gold shields. By the way, Ephesians 5 talks about the shield of faith. Now now just think about that for a minute. Here's a picture of faith in the Old Testament. Here's this gold shield, right? And so they came in and they steal the object. So here's what he did. He said, you know what, we're just going to replace it, but we're going to replace it with something else. We won't have gold shields. We'll just make bronze shields. You know what Rehoboam did? He just made a cheap version. It was fake. It was a cheap imitation. He was just putting on a show. Is that not what's happening in our nation today? I'm afraid that's happening even inside the church. It is a cheap imitation of the real thing. It is just putting on a show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to ask ourselves a question today. Do we have any spiritual values that we would defend? Are we just going to turn away from whatever is happening in our nation and... and, is our posture going to be? Well, people can just do whatever they want to do, and I don't care what we do as long as they don't mess with me. Boy, I hear that all the time. You will hear that at Hardee's every morning. Go to Waffle House at six o'clock and just listen. You know, get it covered, diced, and capped. But just listen. You can find out a lot when people sit around drinking. Coffee. Just learn a lot. And I'm afraid that many of us in the church, we just kind of have this attitude, I really don't care what happens as long as you don't mess with me. You know what that means? You've lost your values. Apathy is ruling your heart. A nation falls when it begins to lose its values. Here's the last one, and I'll end with this. Verse 29 and 30 basically just says that, you know what? He lived and he died. Did you catch that? He just lived and he died. A nation falls when it ignores the opportunity for repentance and forgiveness the epitaph on Rehoboam's life was that he never repented. He never sought God's forgiveness. Today, as we bring this service to a close, I want us to to maybe just get a taste of what repentance and forgiveness could actually look like in the life of a believer that we we care about ourselves, we care about our church, we care about our state, we care about our nation, and we we want to see a spirit of repentance that we could receive God's forgiveness. Listen, in order to be blessed, you have to be blessable. Don't forget that. We're not blessed just because we're Americans. You don't understand that, do you? Am I going to have to camp out right there? You're not blessed just because you're born in the United States. You don't get a free pass when you stand before God at the the Bema. You don't get a free pass at the white throne judgment just because you're an American. We need God's forgiveness, amen? And the only way to know that is through repentance. Now, go to Psalm 85. Here's what I want to do. We're almost done. I want to read aloud Psalm 85. Okay? And I want you, as you you read it yourself, as your eyes see it, as you hear it with your own ears, I want you to think about how would you use this passage today to pray for our nation? Okay. How would you use these words to pray for our own nation? Listen to these words lord you were favorable to your land you restored the fortunes of jacob you forgave the iniquity of your people you covered all their sin you withdrew all your wrath and you turned your you turned from your hot anger restore us again O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may say, rejoice in you. Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear What God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps a... I'm going to ask you today just to simply join me in a prayer for us as a people, for the church of the living God, and for our nation. If you want to come and bow here at the altar, then you are free to do that. If you want to come and just sit on the front, front few pews, if you can't kneel before the altar, that, that's okay. You can just come and sit. If you just want to build an altar where you are sitting, I am completely okay with that. But I just want us to end this service today on our face before God, praying for people, praying for the church, praying for our nation, that God would send an awakening, that God would send revival, that God would forgive, and that God would restore, and that we would know and see His glory. So you come and let's pray together. We come before you. We are just kneeling here, God, in this body collectively to come before you. And, Lord, there are some things that we want to ask of you. We recognize you as Lord. We recognize you today as the creator and the sustainer of all things. God, you are the very one who has created this land. You created us. You, God, you allowed us to live here. And God, for that, we are grateful. God, we bow before you today, believing that as followers of Jesus, you have forgiven us of our sin. You have forgave all of our iniquity. That the blood of Jesus has covered our sin. And Lord, all of the holy wrath that should have been ours, we know that it was poured upon Jesus. And that God, we have life and life eternal in you. We have, Lord, the forgiveness of sin because of the Lamb of God today. Lord, we praise you for that. But God, we also confess that, Lord, we are not where we want to be. Lord, as a people, we're imperfect. As a church, we're just a bunch of imperfect people that are following you, Jesus. Lord, as a nation, we thank you for our past. But Lord, we seem to be removing ourselves so much from the very foundation that our nation was built upon. So, God, we're asking that you would restore us again. God, if we can trust you enough to save us. God, we believe that we can trust you enough to restore us today. The God, we see so much sin and carelessness and apathy in our land today. And God, we, we ask that you would revive us again. We pray, God, that you would move in our midst in such a way that, God, it would bring about rejoicing. God, we pray that people would come to know your steadfast love. That, God, you would grant us, God, your salvation. Lord, day after day after day, we pray, God, for a revival. We pray, God, for an awakening. Lord, we pray for a move from heaven. God where you would speak and God we would hear you speak and God you would encourage your people that you would save the lost God that we your people would turn Lord from our sin and self we would not give way to folly but Lord we would cling to the old rugged cross God that we would cling to the Word of God every precept and principle God that we would fear you Lord we know that is the beginning of wisdom when we fear you and God have a reverence for you that you are not an afterthought God that you are the supreme object in our life it is not about our home it's not about our kids it's not about God uh, our our job it's not about vacations God our supreme object object, I pray, would be none other than Jesus and the gospel of the Lord Jesus and to make your glory known. God, we want to see your glory dwell in our land. God, we want to see your steadfast love overflow. God, we pray that we would see faithfulness from your people, that God, we would see righteousness and kiss each other God that we would see faithfulness springing up from the ground that God everything that we would be about you would just see the righteousness of your son and Lord we pray that you would give us what is good we pray that our land would return to you and that God you would yield your increase in and through your people right here That, God, your righteousness would go before us and that, God, we would follow in the footsteps of righteousness. And so, God, again, today we pray, Lord, would you send revival? Would you revive your people? Would you revive your church? God, would you send spiritual awakening to this nation God, we pray that our nation would repent and that, God, we would turn to you and that, Lord, we would see you and your glory and your kingdom on display. God, we pray today not just hoping, but we pray in faith believing that, God, you will revive and you will restore and that, God, your perfect will is going to be done. And so, God, we, we rejoice in the fact that you are still God. You are still ruling. You are still reigning. Our hope is in you. Lord, as long as you are alive, we have hope. And our hope is in you and in you alone. We will not trust in chariots. We will not trust in horses. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Lord, revive us, restore us, renew us, move among us, Lord God. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. God bless you.